Good evening. Welcome to the Irish NFL Show. Week 15 preview ahead of a big weekend of games. Three games this uh, Saturday and a full slate of games on Sunday with no more bye weeks for any of the teams across the league. As always, the Irish NFL Show is presented by Cassidy Travel. Cassidy Travel, who are now already planning ahead for the next season. We haven't even got to the playoffs and they're already planning for next season. You can now pre-register all your information, all your interests, whatever team you want to go see with Cassidy Travel. The link will be in the bio after the show and throughout the course of the weekend, we will be uh, making that information aware across all of our social media platforms. Colin is here tonight. We are down to just the two of us, Colin. Unfortunately, Callie is unavailable. Marcus uh, caught up with business needs this evening. Big slate of games. Your initial thoughts ahead of this weekend. Yeah, it, uh, we're into the, the business end of the regular season, as you mentioned, Brian. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're, we're missing uh, two, two guys. Uh, fortunately, neither of them have had to, to go on IR. Um, but uh, it is you, you and I this evening. And some really interesting games uh, this uh, weekend. Obviously, when you get to this point of the year and suddenly you have games on the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, you, you really know that you are coming towards the end of the regular season. And, uh, you know, across, uh, I suppose, a lot of the, the divisions, they're still all to, to play for. The Eagles, the only team to have really sewn up uh, their, their playoff spot as yet. The Vikings, there are thereabouts, but I still think for um, even the Vikings, there are things that they will be really looking to uh, this weekend. So plenty for us to uh, debate and discuss this evening. One team who can book their place to the dance, as you like to call it, column, is the San Francisco 49ers. They are playing later this evening against uh, the Seattle Seahawks, NFC West. I clash myself and Mark caught up earlier today. There's a podcast available across all the social media platforms, whatever you pick up your podcast, it's a good good uh, listen, good 15, 20 minutes discussing both teams' form and obviously our picks for the game to see it's a big one. Um, but there's bigger ones to come this weekend as well. And as you touched on, Colin, no college games on Saturday, so the NFL using this opportunity to put three games on the Saturday. Saturday slate of games, 6 o'clock, uh, all live in Sky Sports, 6 o'clock game. The Colts, who've had a very difficult season playing against uh, the Vikings. The Vikings coming off it. Difficult loss last week against the Lions in the division. They're six and one at home this season. The Vikings, the only defeat, in which was against the Cowboys, and they were really taken care of in that game. Be interesting to see what comes of this weekend. I look at this Vikings defense in this game, column, and it's the seven of the last eight quarterbacks they played have put up over three hundred plus yards, fifteen touchdowns in this time. Uh, for a team that's right now battling potentially with the Fortuners for that second seed. And they can wrap up the division with a win in this game against the Cowboys, or sorry, not against the Cowboys, against the Colts, who were essentially are playing for nothing under Jeff Saturday. But yeah, the question marks are there. You know, we've seen all the kind of information coming out around the points scored, and, you know, you compare it to the teams that are going to the playoffs, and the Vikings are way down the, the pecking order. But yet they've won all these games at home by one score. They find ways to win all these games. They're, they've had some difficult games, and we had Michael Lombardi on, and he said every team that's got on the airplane leaving Minnesota will feel like they really should have won that game. But yeah, here they are, division on the on division there for them this weekend and potentially an opportunity to get ahead of them, continue ahead of the 49ers. And they're going up against the Colts team. Matt Ryan, I mean, Matt Ryan hasn't thrown for over 245 yards since week six. So it's not like they're going to go up against an explosive offense. They've been stuttering. 
they've been up and down. Um, it's been a difficult season. Everybody taught so much of them. Jonathan Taylor is an interesting one for me because the, the Vikings' defense has regressed against the against the running game in terms of their own defense. So it'll be interesting to see. I still think the Vikings have more than enough to win this game. I, I will be picking the Vikings. Mark has also gone with the Vikings. And I think that's by and large is the consensus pick across the board. Interesting to get, get your thoughts on this one. I think this really is a, almost a referendum on uh, Ed Dantel, uh, the the former uh, Broncos uh, DC. Obviously, was there with Vic Fangio and was Vic Fangio's right hand man for a long time. They play a, a bend don't break defense, and at, at times it has come come up uh, good for them. But we've seen, especially over the past couple of weeks, the ability of opposing teams to just go up and down the field i was in minnesota to see mac jones a, a guy who you know isn't known from uh you know at times maybe uh, the big big plays but he was able to get them against the vikings now their offense did enough and we we all know what justin jefferson and adam thielen are capable of but it for me this really is can Dantel change the i suppose the way in which their season is going because it feels like you can just move the ball at will and they i don't think they could have asked for a better game to try to ride the ship uh the Coles, as you pointed out have not been at all explosive and i know jeff saturday says that he wants to continue as a head coach uh, i don't believe that uh, the Coles will be keeping him on i don't believe matt ryan will be the quarterback of this team uh, next year either so as you said that outside of pride and pride is important in this league but the vikings have a lot more to, to play for um the vikings should get the the win um but really to, to me it's it's about more the defense showing up because the offense has gotten uh, the vikings out of jail more than once this year the defense had moments, but ultimately they need to show that they can shore it up. Otherwise, they could very well be one and done in the playoffs. What concerns me about the Vikings, in particular the home games, is yet they're winning the games, the six and one record, as we call it. The six wins have all been really tight games, and some of them could have went the other way. You kind of get the feel that at some stage they will run out of luck. Not necessarily luck is the right word, but they will, they will get to say where things, the ball doesn't go right for them. They'll be a a precarious flag, something will go against them at home and they will lose a game. Potentially that could be when come the playoffs if they find themselves playing against a really strong 49ers team potentially in the playoffs, depending on how it how it plays out. And the Colts, like they do have they have some good players. It'd be interesting to see how this Lion plays against a, a front seven of Vikings, as you said, will look to rebound off a difficult loss and for defence to rebound off games in which there are down teams to go up and down the field. It'd be interesting to see the Colts hung around for three quarters two weeks ago against the Cowboys, and then they got blown out in the fourth quarter, 33-0. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound, have another their bye week. Big game, Sky Sports, 6 o'clock. Look, it's a, it's a must-have for the Vikings. And um, I think we're all in lockstep. We all believe the Vikings will find a way to get over the line. Next game, quarter past nine, AFC North. The Ravens, top of the division right now, albeit with the same record as the Bengals, going into Cleveland. The Browns team who won both games at home against divisional rivals to beat Steelers, they beat the Bengals on the Monday night football, and now they have the Ravens. The Ravens who today have had confirmation that it will be Tyler Huntley starting a quarterback. 
to me that was an interesting one. I wanted to see whether it be himself or Anthony Brown. And I was look, kind of reviewing the game last weekend for, for the Ravens team. Once they got the win, a lot of it was down to the, the miscalculations. And you called it out on Monday's show of Mitch Trubisky with the three interceptions and three critical interceptions, all of which were close to the red zone. Two of which actually were intercepted in the red zone, one around the 27-yard line. I mean, if he's taken field goals off that game, you know, off those drives, that game changes very quickly. And maybe the Steelers walk away. Again, we saw a game in which without Lamar Jackson, you know, he hasn't been as convincing lately, but they weren't convincing against the Broncos in the second half. They weren't convincing when they had Lamar Jackson playing against the Panthers a few weeks ago. They weren't convincing offensively when they lost that game against the Jags in Jacksonville. And they're going up against the Browns team that have been on the road for the past two weeks. Deshaun Watson has only shown one touchdown in his first two games. We kind of expected that. He hasn't played a game in the bones of two to three years. So it has been rusty. But I, do, I actually think the Browns will find a way to win this game. I was just looking at the stats again. The Ravens, 26 against the run, the 21st in yards attempt. And sorry, they're very low down on passing. I think this is a game that the Browns can win. I really do. I think the Ravens' offense is stuttering. I think the Browns, with nothing to play for but pride, will, find, will look to win this game. And I can see a shock on the cards, and this could be the one that derails the Ravens' opportunity to win this division. Yeah, I can see a lot of sense in in what you're saying because, you know, Lamar Jackson is so fundamental to what the Ravens do. And, you know, this it feels somewhat similar to, to last year where the um, fewer injuries, they got off to a, a better start. But ultimately, as Lamar misses games towards the end of the season, the wheels come off a little bit. And yeah, I think better teams than the Broncos and the Steelers would have taken advantage of them over the, the past couple of years, uh, the weeks. I think they got lucky that they came up against two of the more anemic defenses in the league and uh, in against the, the Steelers, against a QB who was just thrown the the ball away for for fun the worry for for the browns you've pointed out to uh, the offense of uh, rustiness uh, due to uh, suspension of uh, deshaun watson and um you know i they still think there'll be the plenty said in the off season about uh, deshaun but the passing uh, the passing game coordinator and the the db's coach uh, came out Jeff Howard uh, and he said it was a tough adjustment against the Bengals when uh, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd uh, left early he wasn't sure when if they were going to come back and they had planned all week to face three wide receivers not just Jamar Chase now if that isn't one of the most baffling comments that I have heard uh, a coordinator uh, come out with or a coach uh, like so they they it was more difficult to play just against Jamar Chase rather than the trio of uh, obviously excellent receivers that the Bengals have. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. I don't know if he just got mangled in terms of what he was trying to say, but that would be a, a little bit of a concern if that is the, the level of the uh, coaching that the Browns are getting and might ha- help to explain the situation that they find them themselves in. I think this will be a real kind of ding-dong, knock-down, drag-out battle between two divisional rivals who don't like each other very much. But I'm going to go you know, with you on, on this, Brian, in that I think that the Browns should have more offensively than 
the Broncos than the Steelers. And for, for that reason, they should be able to uh, do uh, more more damage to the, the Ravens. Um, I, I also am, uh, you know, um, I know you're going to do the quick fire on the Broncos, but I, I have huge concerns about quarterbacks that had a concussion a week ago uh, starting a, a game. Uh, I think that is um, questionable, to, to say the least, in terms of player safety. And it's supposed to be about the new protocols and, and player safety. But a, a week later, it looks, uh, you know, Huntley is going to play. It looks like Russell Wilson is going to play. I think there might be a, another talking point around that in the offseason. I think it comes down to the fact that was it was early on in the season with the two incidents, having picked up the concussion, what we talked against the Bills. And then the following week, obviously going on a tour against the Bengals, it's getting to the business end of the, state, uh, of the season. And teams, albeit maybe the Broncos, not a different scenario, but teams that need wins will do their utmost to make sure players conveniently pass the, uh, the protocol to be in a position to play the weekend. Very interesting points on the wide receivers. I would argue that they, don't, they won't come up against uh, an explosiveness, which is Ravens off, you know, in terms of the wide receiver. I mean, they brought in Deshaun Jackson. He's been steady enough. They, they don't have the players, I don't feel, to... To, to really challenge the, the Brown secondary to the extent of other teams. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes. And, and when you've got Chubb and you go Hunt, you've got players there that can that can you can rely on from a run game perspective if it gets into the you know a game where the adverse weather conditions are going to lend a hand to the run. J.K. Dobbins came back for the Ravens last week, over 100 yards, and they really relied on him to get them over the line and get the win. But he, again, as, as openly said, he wasn't fully fit in that game, but they needed all, all hands on deck. So... Big win last week. It's going to be a big, intriguing game. They've got to win. Bearing in mind that the Bengals are, you know, are lockstep with them on the in the division, and obviously they've got a big game later on on Sunday against the uh, the Bucks on the road. Tour game. This is probably the game, the game, arguably the game of the weekend, but certainly the game on Saturday, one fifteen a.m. The late game. They fit this in nicely. Surprisingly, in a way, bearing in mind that the Dolphins only played Sunday night, that they're been asked to play again in a big one on a Saturday night. But you've got the Dolphins going into the Bills. AFC's clash, the Dolphins have kind of come off the rails slightly over the past few weeks. We picked them against the, the 49ers. We picked them to kind of get back on track last weekend against the Chargers. It hasn't materialised. Going up against the Bills team that over the past three weeks have kind of got things back on the show, back on the road, no interceptions. They're fourth in the in the, the league in terms of giveaways, turnovers. But yet the last three weeks they haven't turned the ball over once and that's reflective in the results. We felt at the time Josh Allen was going to try to do more to win the games rather than playing his, his normal game and he was throwing needless interceptions and the ones against the Vikings, we saw the ones against the Jets, but he's kind of rectified that over the past few weeks. They were, they were heavy reliant on him last week. The weather conditions again for this game are going to be very similar to what we saw with the Jets. So Mike McDaniel this week wearing t-shirts saying oh, cold weather doesn't bother him and you know it's all well and good wearing the t-shirt. Let's see how he is come Saturday night. Two has already reflect, reflected on the cold conditions that he had when he played in Alabama. I reflect on what Michael Lombardi said last weekend. He said it numerous times around. If you look back at Tua's performance last year when they went into Tennessee this time of year, adverse weather conditions, a game which they needed to win to get into the playoffs. He couldn't get it done. He couldn't deal with the cold weather. It'd be interesting to see how he does on Saturday night. And I look at the, the, the players for the you know this week for the Dolphins. Taron Armstead hasn't really practiced much. Key, key component on their offensive line. Jeff Wilson has a hip injury running back again really relied on and obviously Tyreek Hill everything goes through him and he's been limited all week with concerns around an ankle injury you wonder how banged up they are and maybe maybe this season is catching up on them offensively because they haven't really 
looked the same the past two weeks with the exception of maybe two explosive plays in that 49ers game once Tyreek Hill and obviously the open play of the game. Um, for me, it's the Bills. It has to be the Bills. The Bills know that this is crucial. Like we spoke about it earlier on in the season when they played the Chiefs, you know, how important it is to make sure that they're, they're the number one seed come the playoffs. We saw what they did last year against the Patriots and then obviously they went on the road. If they're not, if it's in Orchard Park throughout the course of the playoffs, it'd be very hard to see who will beat them. I don't see the Dolphins overturning this in losing streak that they're on this weekend. I think the Bills will do more than enough to win this game. Yeah, Brian, you know, I when the schedule comes out, you know my feelings. You play everyone uh, who's who's on your schedule when when you play them, uh, and 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 to an extent, sometimes uh, you know what can seem like a really tough back end of the season doesn't always end up that way. But in this instance, in fairness to the Dolphins, the third road game. Uh, on on the trot, having uh, played the 49ers and the Chargers and essentially staying in uh, California and now traveling all the the way north. So um, really tough uh, to to have had kind of those games. If they had had, you know, uh, weeks in between, it might be very different. I I admire, I I liked Mike McDaniel wearing the T-shirt because I think he's trying to, um, you know, get into his players' heads because a lot of people will be saying ultimately that this is all, uh, you know, it's going to suit Buffalo. They're much more used to the conditions and Tua doesn't like playing in cold weather um, and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I mean, you look at, you look at it and obviously the, to me, the bills, you know, I, I had, um, said that I expected them to, to go to the Super Bowl and at times they have looked incredible. Losing Von Miller is a huge blow but I think particularly when it comes uh, to the playoffs but it, this is the sort of game where they really would have loved to have Von as well uh, going up a, a, against a, a Dolphins team to have that extra person on the, the edge. I um, think that the Dolphins will probably uh, could like surprise people in, in the level of their performance. And I, I think um, Mike McDaniel will have them up for it. But I think that uh, a snow game, uh, the third uh, away game in a row, and having played on the, the Monday night, it's just too big an ask for me. Uh, and for that reason, I, I expect the, the Bills to, to win it out. Um, and to kind of further cement their grip on the division. But I do think the Dolphins will maybe put in a better performance than some people are thinking. A lot of comments on this from Colin. I'm just throw a few up. Keith, valid point. Concerned about how Tua will, will do. Bear in mind how difficult Mike White found it last week. Um, does it, fro, frozen fish bills win. That sums it up. You know, weather conditions. Um and then uh, will Eric Fisher play right tackle again to touch on the fact that they're already struggling with the offensive line. That's an interesting one to see how that plays out. Um, it doesn't get any tougher for the Dolphins. They've got to go to the Patriots. You know, and they, they close out. They've got the Packers. Sorry, they've got the Packers Christmas Day. They've got the Jets at home final day of the season. But in between that, they've got to go back up to, to Foxborough as well. So you, you touched on the schedule. They've got to play each other twice. But at the same time... Um, you have to ask the question how do you manage to end up in so many row games towards the back end of the season big game interesting to see as you said the Bills are going to win it looks like the Chiefs have a, 
she'll obviously say a very handy one we'll come to that shortly i think that one's in the quick four probably rightly so bearing in mind who the opponent is the next game this actually is an intriguing one because for a long time this looked like this, this was going to be a nothing game but the steelers are playing the panthers and the panthers team who've won three of their last four they're averaging 169 yards on on the ground they've got three players in the run in the run game it's like a three-headed monster now right now uh, blackspear foreman hubbard i mean they've really come together as a kind of combination since mccaffrey got traded and Steve Wilkes, we saw the big win they had last weekend in uh, Seattle. They're really playing for him. And you've got a situation where you're going against a team, the Steelers, who right now don't know again, don't know look, another concussion situation. They, Kenny Pickett got a concussion in week six. He's got another concussion last week. He's not going to play. And then you're down to, do you go? Mitch Trubisky, bearing in mind how difficult he found it last week. Um, Mason Rudolph all week has been putting himself forward to be the quarterback. And right now it looks like he potentially is the guy that's going to play. And with the exception of that one blowout for the Panthers in, in you know in Cincinnati, in fairness, most teams are going to play the Bengals on the road these days are finding it very difficult to win there. You know, they played really tough for this head coach. You, you look back at that game and reflect on the game. They're one game out of division that yeah, I reflect on the game against the Falcons on the road where DJ Moore took the helmet off on the celebration. You know, if it wasn't for that situation, they would have won that game as well and would be top of the division. So they've got a big opportunity this weekend to win. Hope that the Bucks lose to the Bengals and they will be top come Sunday night, which who would have thought that? It's a great story in a way. Um, I'm with the Panthers. Um, I think the Panthers will win this game. I think at home with that run game. Um, I was looking at the Steelers' run defense since week since week 11. They've given up an average of 215 yards. You know that's that's difficult, and they're going up against three players that will feed on that. I think the Panthers will find a way again to win this week. There are some um, interesting um, rumors uh, co coming out in relation to um, Mike Tomlin. And one imagines that they're probably only rumors. Um, but uh, apparently, Pro Football uh, Talk to, uh, mentioned that uh, Mike Tomlin, um, you know, not that it's likely to, to happen, but that if he were to move on from the Steelers, um, that the Pan the Panthers would obviously, obviously have interest because I think any team is going to have interest in Mike Tomlin, but that he is he knows people perhaps in the building and uh, there's a lot of respect there. That's not to say it will happen. That's not to say that the Panthers are even going to make an approach. That's not to say Mike Tomlin has any interest in moving on from the, the Steelers, but... Uh, given the um, one never knows what could happen in the, the NFL. That said, their interim head coach, um, and I, I made this point uh, a couple of times during the week, but Steve Wilkes has four wins. That is as many as Cliff Kingsbury, and that is more than Nathaniel Hackett, both of whom have quarterbacks that signed contracts for a quarter of a billion dollars this year. Uh, Steve Wilkes is on his third starting quarterback, and he only took over on October the 6th. So in two months, he's had three starting uh, quarterbacks, um, you know, one, one of whom is no longer even with the franchise. His best player was traded away in Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. And yeah, absolutely. You can ask all sorts of questions about Robbie Anderson. But going into the season, a lot of people were high on Robbie Anderson. He forced his way out and obviously left them short. So 
I think kudos to Steve Wilkes and the job that he is doing. There's also the fact that they basically cleared out the entirety of the coaching staff because they wanted to move on from the Matt Rule era. Um, so a lot of talk sometimes during the season, there's no point in moving on from a head coach. What difference will it make? Well, it has made all the difference in the world to the Carolina Panthers. I, I think that, again, look, Mike Tomlin will have the, his team up for it. Um, but I don't. I just don't believe that in Mitchell Trubisky, um, and I, I think that the Panthers have um, can do this. They can get the the win. They can keep it going, um, and ultimately Wilkes could end up uh, with more wins than Cliff Kingsbury, given that the Cardinals sacked uh, Steve Wilkes. That would be, uh, I think, raise a wry smile uh, on his face. Um, and unfortunately for Mike Tomlin, he, in my mind, moves further away from maintaining that record of 500 or better. Stevie Me says Sam Darnold still sucks, but the reality is Sam Darnold has come back from his injury and has won two games in a row, and he's gone for three games in a row. And he's right now he looks like a fresh quarterback who's come in at the right time to kind of steady the ship and keep this team moving. He had a, quite a good game last weekend in. in Seattle, he's quite a lot more mobile than some people give him credit for. So yeah, I think it's a big game. I hadn't heard that Mike Tomlin story. That's a very intriguing one. That's one certainly to watch over the course of the next few weeks. I think the players, as you touched on, it's very evident that they're all playing for this interim head coach. And the Anderson, I mean, Anderson now might reflect on the situation. He's ended up in Arizona, which isn't, let's be fair, it isn't the best situation at the moment. Bearing in mind, Kyler Murray, the head coach under pressure, and now the, the general manager has to step away for health reasons. You know, he might be wishing he didn't be so uh, heavy on the on the sideline that day and, and look for the trade, which was essentially done immediately within, after the game. I think within 24 hours he was traded for buttons to the Cardinals. Maybe he wished he was still there, giving them an opportunity, because he may end up seeing this team in the playoffs. Game five, big one. NFC East, Cowboys going into Jacksonville to play the Jags, the up and down Jags, because every time you think this Jacksonville team are getting on a run, they go and uh, they go and lose a game. We had a few weeks ago where we felt after beating the Ravens, they'd go in and beat the Detroit Lions. That didn't materialize. They got their doors blown off. And in, in fairness, against the Lions offense, been very explosive. And the, they're hosting the Cowboys. The Cowboys coming off a game that I could only put down to complacency. We touched on it on Monday. Um, the whole conversation how the players were reacting to watching the footage last week in the lead up to the game it was a given that they were going to go and win they got over the line you see it in NFL games through every season there's always a game where the expectation is that team who are very poor will get the doors blown off them it didn't materialise they still won the game Trevor Lawrence since week 9 he's been fantastic he's thrown 10 touchdowns he's 71% completion rate in every game and he looks like the quarterback now and I, again you touched on it on Monday the dumpster fire that was last season under over more and it says is this is essentially like this fourth season proper in the NFL and I've seen a lot of comments kind of backing that up this week. But what worries me with this Jacks team is every time you think they're gonna get on a roll, they just find ways to lose games and they've lost some games this season at home in particular with it by one score. And I I think there's a mismatch here offensive line going up against the likes of Michael Parson Michael Parson Demarcus Lawrence. They're gonna be in for a tough day. And I think the Cowboys after last week's nearly game, shall we call it, where they look like they're going to lose for a large part only to get over the line. They'll be kind of back in gear this weekend and we'll find a way to get over the line and get this done. Uh, the Jags, D, 
once they've been playing reasonably well, have struggled against the Russian. You've got Pollard and Elliot, and once Elliot hasn't isn't having the greatest seasons, he's a nice complimentary back to Pollard, who's really starting to express and show himself as the number one back that a lot of Cowboys fans felt he was going into the season. Derrick Henry last week for large parts of the game put up huge numbers on the Jags. They, they slowed him down in the second half when they took over the game, but I find it hard to see how they can stop this Cowboys offense if it's, if they're on their if they're on their game. So for me, it's a Cowboys win. Yeah, I, for for the Cowboys, I I, I mean, after get, getting out of jail free last week to get the win over the Texans, I would imagine they would have liked to have gone through this week without Michael Parsons' comments about Jalen Hurts providing you know uh, more ammunition if any more was needed in to you know that entirety of the NFCs. They do not like each other. There is not there. All all four teams really dislike um, the, each other, and I just think I can. If I'm the the head coach, if you're Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn, you have to think: What did you go and and do that for? There was no need for it, especially when Hertz just absolutely dodged it um, when he he was asked about it. And I see Parsons out there in front of the media today trying to walk it back and trying to to downplay it. So um, it's. They they certainly could have done without it for the the Jags. It's it's an enormous test, um, but they you know the, the Cowboys. To me, if if the cow the Cowboys need to play significantly better than they did last year, because this Jags team is a, a decent team. I they're still missing pieces, um, certainly, and they're they're still a work in progress, but they have something to play for. Right. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they could win the division. Unlikely. Absolutely. Um, but they they will feel that, you know, who, who knows what might happen. And uh, Trevor Lawrence it continues to improve. Uh, I, I saw that he said that uh, losing the, the game to the Broncos was what flipped the, the switch. I don't know if that's because he felt like he lost to such a bad team, um, but that's what he said ultimately flipped the, the switch for him. Look, this this should be the case that the, the Cowboys have enough to, to take care uh, of business. Um, I, I think it would be a great story if the, the Jags were to, to win it. But after last week's scare, I'm going to say that the the Cowboys uh, will have enough to overcome the the Jags, uh, and that they will move to 11 wins. Fed makes a very good point um, that the Cowboys are waiting for the playoffs. So I, I suppose I would reflect on the fact that where they're sitting in the in the order, like it doesn't look like they're going to win the division. You know, they, they're two games back on on. On the Eagles, I know they played here on Christmas Eve, but you're going to need a mo- monumental blow up at this stage. But the Eagles, they're sitting in the uh, in the seeding. That seeding is not going to change. They're going to be the fifth seed, and essentially, you already know the likelihood is they're going to play the winners of the NFC South. So I can understand why that scenario is in play that they're just seeing out the season. But again, you've got to keep winning. You've got to be have a bit of momentum going into the playoffs. I think you're right on the division, Colm. I wouldn't rule it out. I was looking at the, the Titans games. I mean, the Titans are playing. We're going to come to that game later, but the Titans are playing away to the Chargers this weekend. I mean, that is a game that the Chargers could win. And then they play the Cowboys at home. And the Cowboys, again, if they continue the momentum, that's a difficult game. I think for the Jags, they need to just get themselves one game out going into that Week 18 game where they play uh, at home 
against the Titans, and then it's up for guards. It's up, you know, it's up for grabs. Then essentially, that's what they want. So it it's, looks difficult right now because I think the game's back, but with the schedule the way it is, it's not against the Rams' possibility. But it's a bit, it has to start with this weekend. They've got to win this game, and it's a, it's a really big ask. They're playing against one of the better sides who have aspirations to be going deep into the playoffs, if not making the Super Bowl. So big game, one of the better games for the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think we're all leaning Cowboys, but um, would it surprise me if the Jags win? It would not. So big one. Next one. This is probably the big one of the weekend, um, certainly for wildcard placings in both the NFC and the AFC. Uh, the Lions, on the road, having played in MetLife last month, beating the Giants last month convincingly. Probably won't have it as easy as they did last month, going up against a really solid defence. Toward sixth-ranked defence in, in the NFL this season, the New York Jets. The Jets have kind of lost the last two games, or 7-6. Tied with the Patriots, tied with the Chargers for that seventh seed. In terms of the wildcard placing in the AFC and the Lions who have won five of the last six on a roll. Big win last week against the Vikings. they got to maintain this winning streak to keep their dreams alive and making the playoffs and getting that seventh seed. It's a tough one. I'll let you go first on this one, Colin. Where do, where do you see this game being won and lost? I think this this is a, a, an interesting game. And yeah, I think you could certainly make the argument that it is the, the biggest game of the weekend, especially because, to me, given you know, the recent history of both these teams, right? There is so much heartbreak over the past, few, past decade, essentially, for both of them. Um, both have really struggled, not been able to get to the playoffs. And, and both, um, you know, th- this year... Um, looking good in, in different sorts of, of ways. The the Jets' defense is is really really good, and the Lions' offense um, is um, spectacular at times. And their defense has certainly improved. They obviously made changes during the the year, but those changes seem to be paying some some dividends. Uh, it is a game where you can absolutely make the case for either team, but I. I'm going to say that ultimately, I think in the NFL, eight times out of 10, the best QB wins. And that's actually Jared Goff, I think, in this instance. Now, Zach Wilson has been you know, elevated to the, the number two uh, position. And, and maybe that means that we, we might see him uh, come in. Mike White, obviously, um, you know, uh, was... The, the Bills, uh, as I said, used him as a, a, a table for Bills Mafia and enjoyed um, getting uh, to him uh, last weekend. And you, you wonder how how fit he he is. He, yeah, look, he he will start. You talked about it earlier in the the show. It is the business end of uh, the season, so he he will start. But um, will he will he be a hundred percent? I think this Lions team have ways to get to get at you, have ways to, to score points. And I think that they are going to probably shock uh, people a little bit. And I think that they ultimately managed to get the win in MetLife. I'm going to back the, the Lions for this. It really is a toss-up game. I can, I'm can i listening to what you're saying, and, and it makes, makes so much sense. So I was looking at Charles Goff's numbers. Um, seven touchdowns, no picks in the past three weeks. His numbers are significant at home. I, on the road, his last five games away, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Go, going up against 
the uh, the third fewest yards in terms of defense this season. So can they stop him from being in a position to throw the ball around all day? Certainly can with the secondary playing so well, and the front seven. Quinn and Williams is, a, is obviously uh, he's, it's a big loss if he doesn't play for the Jets, and it's highly unlikely he will bear in mind how uh, how banged up he was after last weekend. And Mike White, yeah, he's going to come back and play in this game. And, as well as the, as the Lions de- have been playing, and the defence has improved, they're still giving up an average of 394 yards um, to, to, to quarterbacks. And Mike White, in fairness, on his day, can throw the ball around. Bearing in mind he lost in Minnesota two weeks ago, he still had some huge numbers. And he did, oh, he did reasonably well last week against a strong Bills defence. I'm going to side with the Jets. I think this is one of those games. Like, the Jets need this one. They both need it, but the Jets in particular, bearing in mind the other two teams are all fighting for the seventh seed. It's going to be similar weather conditions, they say, to what's going to be in, in Buffalo on Saturday night. I think that's the kind of game the Jets will thrive on. I think the Jets' defence will find a way to shut down the Lions and just do enough to get over the line. But again, I could see an argument as to why the Lions win. Marcus picked the Lions, you picked the Lions. I'll side with the Jets in this game. In this game, Maybe my, my heart is ruling my head here because I need the Lions to lose this game. But no, I think the Jets will get over the last two defeats and find a way to win this game on Sunday. But again, as you said, it is arguably the biggest game of the weekend for in a game where both sides really need the victory. Quick fire round next. Um, start off with yourself. Um, you've been awarded the, uh, the the biggest game, shall we say? No, my joking. You've been awarded the uh, Texans hosting the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, anyway, we see a repeat performance from the Texans last weekend and Given the Chiefs a fright similar to what the Chiefs had in terms of going into mile high, they got a fright last weekend, got over the line. Do you see it being close? It it shouldn't be close, but the, the worry, like and we talked about it on Monday, should the worry if you're the Chiefs is complacency, right? Because like Patrick Mahomes has a, a couple of unbelievable plays against the Broncos and he does things that only Patrick Mahomes can do and I've been saying for for weeks that you know Patrick Mahomes was at the time my front runner for MVP and Patrick Mahomes he was making the magical seem mundane but then he goes and has one of those games where he just you know he he switches off and he throws three really poor interceptions against the Broncos and once you start to slide in a game, it's very difficult um, to to turn it around. They were bl- blessed that they were playing a, a poor Broncos team who are really struggling this year, and then Russell Wilson went out injured. Um, you know, that it was the same scenario as the, the Bengals. They just thought they had it won. And that would be my, my concern for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have incredible talent. Um, they have phenomenal players, and they have a great coach in Andy Reid. But sometimes, and Andy Reid himself has been guilty of this, they they are complacent, they overdo it, um, and uh, that, ca- that can catch them. Now, maybe uh, last week's game against the Broncos does enough to you know show them that they really need to show up. And if they do show up, yeah, they will have more than enough to take care of the, the Texans. But the Texans showed last week, even with the changes at QB and bringing different people in, they are playing uh, for for Lovey Smith. Uh, but realistically, this should be the Chiefs. Yeah, unless we see something similar to what we saw toward the back end of last season when the Chargers went into the Texans and were stunned. I can't say. I think I think you made a fair point there. I think the, 
the Chiefs will want to right the wrongs of a complacent performance after 27-0 last weekend and don't think we'll see the same mistake again this weekend. We're all on the Chiefs. Marcus picked the Chiefs as well. Um, I'm on to the Falcons-Saints um, NFC South game with a lot to play for for the Falcons. Interesting week for the Falcons. Obviously, Mary, uh, Marcus Mariota became a father. Then it was the confirmation that he was having a knee operation. I don't know if that's a convenience thing to allow him to go off and do a bit of parenthood for the early stages of, of a baby. But uh, he's gone. It's the Desmond Ritter uh, game now. He's the quarterback. He's the starting quarterback. The, the Falcons have been very, I suppose, steadfast and all week saying it didn't matter whether Mariota went off with his injury or not. He was going to start. He's the quarterback now. And again, I mean, it's interesting because they're giving him a four-game window to see if he's going to be the, the answer. And I think that's too short a window. We have we spoke about Kenny Pickett and how he really should have started week one to get a true evaluation come the end of the season. How are they going to evaluate based on four games whether he's the right guy? I was looking at his numbers for preseason because that's all you can really go on. 34 for 56, 421 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Good in the run game, 58 yards in one particular game. So, but again, it's preseason, and you know your vanilla look defensive wins he's going up against. So it's really hard to really gauge. It's an interesting one because it's difficult as difficult as the season has been for the Saints. You go into New Orleans, you're obviously going to have a difficult game, and these two teams have a, have a have a knack of beating each other. Obviously on the road, we've seen the Falcons go in and beat the Saints on the road, and vice versa down in Atlanta. But I will side with the Falcons. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think they've got they've still got a bit to play for division. Look, if they lose this weekend, it's gone, but there's still an opportunity there. They are two games back, but if things were to go their way this weekend, they could be back in the mix. The Saints have very little to play for. Andy Dalton starting again, he hasn't been convincing. I think the only marquee game you could argue that they've had this season at home was when they blew the Raiders out. But with the exception of that game, there has been very little highlights for them. They really should have beaten the Bucks two weeks ago. They gave that game away. I'm going to side with the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Saints. They caused the upset. I, I ju just I, I think that they they need this. The the city needs this, and for that reason, and because they're it's a the defense is their strongest point, and a rookie making uh, his his debut, I suppose, in uh, the in, in in the dome. Uh, it's it's a very very tough place, and. I'm going to say, yeah, the Saints get the, the win in this. Okay. Uh, last six o'clock game, I'm going to give it to you. Um, the Eagles going against, up against the Bears team coming off their bye week. Two quarterbacks for a lot of similarities in terms of how they started their career. You saw Jen Horst last year um, in terms of how effective he was in the run game. We've seen Justin Fields over the past four to five weeks how they've reevaluated the quarterback position there and changed the offense to suit his skill set. It's an interesting game. You'd expect the Eagles to have more than enough, but the Bears have played really well offensively. It'll be interesting to see if they can put up the numbers, which they've been doing over the past few weeks against this Eagles defense. Yeah, and um, I, look, it's been, we've already talked about the Michael Parsons comments. Uh, Dan Orlovsky says uh, Jalen Hurts uh, took the biggest jump that he he has ever seen. And I don't know uh, if you saw the response to that. I just think Jalen Hurts is just so measured. Um, I know even if you don't like the, the Eagles, the guy just conducts himself so well um, and he goes about his business so well. But uh, you talked about um, just Justin Fields. Yeah, he's had, he's had an immense, immense uh, few weeks and he was back uh, today as a, as a full participant. 
but he is going against a defense that is first in the NFL in sacks, first in the NFL in takeaways, first in interceptions, first in opponents' yards per play, first in opponents' yard per pass attempt, first in opponents' passing yards allowed, first in opponents' passer rating. The Eagles are serious business on both sides of the football. And, um, yeah, Jaden, uh, for uh, Justin Fields, it's going to be uh, a big test. Uh, look, we know he can use his, his feet. He's very effective. And at times, he's shown his ability to, to throw the ball. He's been really, really good. Um, ultimately, I said it weeks ago, the best outcome for the uh, Bears is to score 25-plus points every game but ultimately just come up short. I think this could well be a similar sort of outcome in this. And for me, the Eagles should get the victory. Yeah, I was talking to a few Bears fans this week and uh, I've seen some similar comments come in there, you know, on the show. And it's very much, let's play well, but let's not win. Because right now we're the number, we've got the second pick in the draft. And uh, they don't need a quarterback. There might be some hungry quarterback teams looking to trade up and they might walk away with a King's Ransom. Come uh, April when when Kansas City hosts the, the draft, um, yeah, look, I agree. I think the Eagles will. Uh, I think the Bears might hang around a little bit longer than people think, but I think ultimately the Eagles will will win this and obviously look to lock up the number one seed. We're into the nine o'clock uh, slate of games now, so I'm going to start with it, and this is a juicy one, isn't it? The Cardinals going into Denver to play the Broncos. Uh, the Cardinals will have Kyle Murray, who's torn his ACL this week. Uh, GM has had to step away for health reasons. And, I think Cliff Kingsbury, to be honest, is on his last leg as head coach. I'd be surprised if he's still there, despite that big contract in which he got the last offseason. They're going to start with Colt McCoy. One touchdown, three picks in his last few games. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is trending to play, if I'm right, judging by what I've seen in the reports this week. As you said earlier on, it's amazing how concussion protocols seem to go by the wayside when, a, when the team wants a quarterback to start. Look, Arizona have got some really good players, but with a, with, they're lacking right now. We saw that Monday night. They, they turned the ball over twice in the last three games. And they're going up against the defence in Denver. And once the season has been difficult, they're going up against the seven best defence in the league. And I think it's going to be a long day for the Cardinals. I think this game is probably finally one of the games in which we will see the Broncos get over the line. Um, relying more so on their defence. But we did see a glimmer of light with Judy last weekend and his three touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep up that level of performance. Um, it could be inconsistent, who knows. But I think that defence of the Denver will do more than enough to stop this Cards team. And I think we'll see the Broncos walking away Sunday with a victory. Yeah, there are no excuses for Denver. Got to go out and win this. I like the way you said there's no more excuses. I think you might have said that earlier in the season about certain games, but this weekend, bearing in mind the, the level of quarterback play they're going up against and how strong their defence is, they should be winning this game. Back into the big ones now, the ones that really mattered. Um, the Pats and the Raiders, interesting one. You got the Patriots sitting in the seventh seed, going up against the Raiders, who are coming off a really difficult loss last weekend. I mean, that game is still—it's hard to comprehend how they lost that game. They were up so first towards the game. The Raiders were up. They they had an interception in the red zone. It looked like the game was put away. They had an opportunity on third and one to kill the game off, and somehow they allowed the the Rams who haven't moved the ball on many teams throughout the course of the season. And Baker Mayfield, who was only there with 26 hours, and he steps in and he has two drives to win the game. 
It's a bizarre, bizarre game. I'll, I'll challenge you for us. You want to? Um, I'd be interested to see your thoughts bearing in mind this team are in your division, but you always say this team are so Jekyll and Hyde. You never know from one week to the next what you're going to get from from. Jekyll and Hyde team, Jekyll and, and Hyde coach. Uh, I mean, they, they like obviously we keep talking about it. Um, you know, they they have they've been decimated by injuries at times. Um, but you would have to say the way in which they have found ways to to lose is staggering. They just cannot seem to get out of their their own way at times and. I don't know what they're going to do in the off season because certainly, um, and I think that I would give some credence to the rumors that they probably can't afford to fire Josh McDaniels. Um, so they're probably, he's, he's likely in situ no matter what way uh, this, this plays out. And this is, I mean, this is like all of the, the Patriots, uh, you know, because obviously you have the, the guys who got back there and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and going up against um, John, their, their former offensive coordinator. So it will be very interesting to see, you know, they, they all know each other's traits. They all know what people are, are likely to, to do. So um, I, I saw Vance Joseph made the comment before, the cards played the Patriots that the Patriots looked like they had an offense that had a defensive play caller uh, because of how conservative they had been and essentially trying to put themselves consistently in kind of third and short situations rather than going for the big plays. But I, I like what Mac Jones has actually done over the past few weeks. Uh, I thought he was impressive, as I said, in uh, Minnesota. I, I took, think he thought, took some shots, and I thought he was decent again uh, the, the other night. Um, he still has a way to go. Um, uh, but I think the, the issue for the Patriots is, and I know Mark didn't want to acknowledge it before the season, but like not having an offensive coordinator, it just doesn't work. There's a reason that 31 other teams have them. There's a reason that um, people have had them for decades, eons, and the Patriots decided in Bill Belichick's infinite wisdom that um, he they, they didn't need one. But we also saw Bill flirting openly with DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline. Uh, so maybe he is realizing the error of his ways I'm going to say in, in this one um, that ultimately Bill Belichick no, has, has um, you know, probably a, a less injured uh, roster and will, will know enough to be able to shut uh, Josh McDaniels down. I think that even though the Patriots are on the road, they get the victory in this one. Yeah, you touched on the offensive coordinator situation. We've seen a couple of times now over the past few weeks, Mac Jones getting very frustrated on the sideline with Matt Patricia, so obviously all is not well there. It'd be interesting to see how this Raiders offensive line plays. They played reasonably well over the past, over the course of the last month. Brandon might have difficult to start worst of the season, but they're going up against a front seven with Judon in particular, who's had a great season. So it'd be interesting to see if Jared Carr has the time in which he needs to get the ball out. And what I would say is that it's been confirmed this evening that Waller and Renfro have both come off uh, DIR and they both will play in this game. So there's going to be a freshness to this Raiders offense that is ranked 11th in the league the most scoring offense i'm going to side with the raiders um i'm not convinced by it but i just think if it gets into a game where 
the Raiders are you know, able to move the ball up and down the field on this defence. Um, and it is a hard task, bearing in mind how well the Patriots defence has played. But if you get into a situation where they're scoring points, unless we see something similar to what we saw when you were in Minnesota with the Patriots being in a position to put up points, um, I don't know whether they can live with this Raiders offence. And as bad as the Raiders have been this season in terms of Jekyll and Hyde up and down, I think come Sunday, I think ultimately um, McDaniel as well. The student will beat the teacher this comes this comes only in this game and we'll put this put the pages back outside of the uh the playoff picture because right now they're sitting as a seventh seed so it'll be interesting bearing them well depending on how the games go elsewhere and we're going to come to that game so i suppose that's going to impact on the patriots and that's the titans and the chargers and obviously impacts on the jags as well they'll be looking for the titans to get beat and this really is a tricky one because the titans for so long looked like the titans of last year mike frable great coaching job between, between week three and week 11, they were, they'd won seven of eight games. They're on a three-game skid, lost to the Bengals, lost there two weeks ago, and then lost, obviously, last weekend. Then some difficult games. I mean, two weeks ago, you could put it down to the fact they were playing the Eagles. But last weekend, everybody felt they'd rebound and beat the Jags, and it didn't materialise. They've now lost three. And they're up against it this weekend. And I've been critical of the Chargers. I've been critical of their head coach and the inconsistency, but... Last weekend we saw a glimmer of light, and that to me was Mike Williams. And I know you've we spoke we spoke about it time and time again, Colin around. He whether you could argue whether he really is a number one wide receiver, but when he plays, it allows Keenan Allen to put himself in the position in the middle of the field where they can retract away from the focus on on Keenan Allen, put it on Mike Williams, and allows Keenan Allen to be essential to moving that ball up and down the field. And last weekend, it combined two hundred eight yards of eighteen receptions, one touchdown, which was to Mike Williams. It changed the, the dynamic for this offense. And they're going up against a Titans team that are 34th in the secondary, one of the weakest secondaries in the league, and I can see them exposing this Titans secondary on Sunday. Yeah, Derrick Henry, you know, we touched on the Chargers defence, they're not great against the run, 29th in the league. Derrick Henry will probably go up and down the, on the field, but right now this Titans offence just doesn't look the same. Derrick Henry's doing a lot. The AJ Brown trade really has been magnified over the past few weeks with the, you know, with the loss in Philadelphia. <clears throat> how A.J. Brown did so much against them, and the comments in which A.J. Brown came out. Then obviously the GM gets fired, and a lot of that was down to the A.J. Brown trade. So the offense really hasn't done a lot this season like it has last year. And in fairness, trailing Brooks, the first-round pick, was missing for quite a large part of the season, which hasn't helped Mike. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill has had an injury. I think the Chargers will win this game. I think it'll be tough when I can see him in close, but I think the Chargers offensively have enough to get this game over the line. I think the Chargers win. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think you, you've captured a lot of really good points there, Brian, in terms of the the Titans. Frable did a, a great job, but ultimately what is impacting on the Titans right now, more and, and possibly more than even the A.J. Brown trade, which ultimately I think is, you know, was the, the final straw, but the drafting uh, by the, the Titans was just terrible and ultimately that that is the issue right now you know they just don't have the depth and so injuries have really really taken their toll uh, Derek Henry is is still a, a, a very good running back but he is not the force that he once was and also you've seen teams and partly that is because of you know so, some of the the draft mistakes that the the titans have made so the o-line probably isn't where it once was the, like the titans strength was on the o-line and the d-line and that is they beat you up and they bullied you and then derrick henry was able to take advantage of that they don't have that 
this year and that you've seen therefore teams be able to scheme um, and the Broncos were able to possibly come up with the most effective scheme this year to stop Henry and then the Bengals copied it and others have copied it but even last week where Henry was playing so well it didn't matter because Trevor Lawrence was able to go out and take advantage of that that secondary and I think that is a concern. And yeah, I, I have um, and remain critical of the Chargers receiving core. And don't, like Mike Williams is a good wide receiver, but Mike Williams is an elite wide receiver. I just don't think the Chargers have an elite um, wide receiver there. I think they have some very good ones. And yeah, he definitely makes a difference when he's there because you have him and Keenan Allen. But I think you probably two good very good wide receivers but just not um the elite wide receiver that can change everything when you have somebody like that when you have a tyreek hill when you have an aj brown when you have a game changer especially when you have somebody um with herbert's arm and the ability to go deep i mean if they really had a deep threat or they really had somebody that could burn uh, you on the outside and go up and get the ball uh, Mike Williams can go up and get it, but I don't know if he's really going to burn you. But ultimately, yeah, it feels a little bit like, you know, the, it's very difficult to talk about it for the, the Chiefs earlier in terms of a, a single game. But it feels like for the Titans, they're struggling at the moment. And the the Chargers need to keep winning. If the Chargers have any hope of getting to the postseason, they have to keep winning. They, they probably need this more than the than the, the Titans, I feel. And I'm going to say for that reason, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to say that the Chargers get the victory. Yeah, Marcus in on, on the Titans as well. Interesting comedy from Elder Brown, which kind of consistent with what we've said there. You've got a defence that's poor against the run, which will probably allow Derek Henry to have a good day. And then obviously you've got a, a poor secondary in the Titans, which essentially will lead to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen having a big day. You touched on the, the Mike Williams, um, no, Derek Collum, they, they have paid him like he's in a moon wide receiver, certainly in the off-season, so they'll expect a lot from him come Sunday. Another big one now, this is probably, again, there's so many big ones this weekend, and obviously we've touched on with so much playoff implications on the line. Bengals going on the road to the Bucks, the Bucks again, you know, last weekend we didn't see much from them when they went into San Francisco, got the doors blown off them early. Didn't do very much offensively throughout the course of the game. Lost 35-7. Going up against the Bengals team that right now are one of the hottest in the league. Beat the Browns last week, 23-10. Joe Burrow looks like the Joe Burrow that we saw last year at this time of year going into the playoffs. Previous week with the big win at home against the Chiefs. They're going up against the Bucks offense is 28 in the league. Now going into this season, bearing in mind the numbers in which Tom Brady was putting up last year. And I know he retired and then he unretired. And we still, we still expect it big things from this Bucks team and certainly from the offence that still has a lot of the players that were there last year and they're going up against when you compare it to the Bengals the seventh most explosive offence in, in the league big loss this week for the Bengals Trey Hendrickson um, is gone he obviously he finished the game last week playing with a broken arm or a broken wrist and yeah still finished the game he's gone he's going to be out for the, for a couple of for a couple of weeks potentially into the playoffs but what concerns me about the Bengals defence is last year they were ranked 8 in, in sacks they're in the bottom half this year, I think they're in around 27, 26 right now. That will have to be addressed. And the Bucks' offensive line this year has been inconsistent, so you could see a scenario where the Bengals' defense gets to Brady, and if they do, Brady's in for another long day. I was reflecting earlier when we were doing the betting podcast and some of the Bucks' victories at home this year, and 
they beat the Rams late. They were fortunate in that game. The Rams kind of gave that game away. We certainly saw the same two weeks ago when the Saints game gave the game away. And there was games earlier in the season where there were there was high expectations. When they played the Chiefs, they got beaten. When they played um, the Packers, even despite the Packers' difficult season, they got beaten. And they're going up against another explosive offense on Sunday. And I can't see how they're going to live with this Bengals offense the way the Bengals are playing. Jamar Chase is back, really effective over the past few weeks. Um, this is a big one for the Bengals. I mean, we're talking about the Ravens playing the Browns on Saturday night. We're both consistent and we feel this could be the game in which the Browns win. If the Bengals were to win this on Sunday, you know, it could certainly put themselves in a position knowing they still have to play the Bills, they've still got to play the Ravens. It'll be a big one to get over the line, put themselves in a position with the aspirations to win this division. So I'm going to side with the Bengals on the road to beat the Bucks and have the Panthers be number one in this division come Sunday night. Yeah, I, I keep saying it, it, you know, and I've said it for years that it's Tom Brady's universe and we're all just living in it. It may well be because they might get away with this year. They might end up in the playoffs just because of how bad the, the rest of the division is. But look, th things have talked about, it. things just aren't right. And they haven't been right since last year. Um, you, you're talking about, you know, last week against the uh 40 49ers there was obviously also the game against the the Panthers um you know they, they managed to um you know get the what 16 points against the the Rams like th this is a Bucks offense that just is really struggling and part of that enemy you know is the fact that the the run is just non-existent it really and they, uh, earlier in the year they they tried to to get it going um and they were just handing the ball off but the issue is i think against this bengal's defense dj reader is having a monster year um and he he was one of one of the reasons why they were kind of so effective against the the browns and I just think it's too much to ask Brady to just go out every week and, and throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. So to me, Burrow and the Bengals are finding form at the right time. Nobody is going to want to to play them. And, you know, I, it, it, it is, I, yeah, Trey Hendrickson is certainly a loss, particularly that ability to, you know, to, to put Brady under pressure. No nobody likes that um you know <laughs> no matter what job you're in in the world you don't like to be put under pressure um but least of all a, a quarterback so that won't help um and and the bucks are scrapping so i i imagine this could end up being a title battle but i believe the level that burrow is playing at is as good as anybody else uh, if not better right now than anybody else in the league i think it's you know probably him for me him hurts and and, and Mahomes Mahomes has that, that complacency issue that he just needs to to sort out Mahomes can do things that nobody else can as well um, but Burrow uh, is just brilliant and I think that Burrow and the Bengals will get the win on Sunday yeah full house and this one Marcus also siding with the Bengals so that brings us to uh, the last game of Sunday I don't know whether we're saving the best to last, but um, it's certainly a big game. It's been flexed into Sunday night football. Two teams that know each other very well, played each other two weeks, the game finished in a tie. You know, it's a rarity we get NFL ties, and both teams just couldn't 
find a way to move the ball in overtime to get the win. Giants going on the road into FedEx Field, Petty Commanders. The Commanders coming off a bye week, um, having won three of the last four games. Taylor Honey has turned turn their season around. Their defense has turned the season around. In fairness, Ron Rivera has turned the season around ever since his rant in, in Chicago after that poor Thursday night game. Things have changed so much against the Giants team that have lost three of the last four games. Saquon Barkley has regressed it over the course of the last four games. He hasn't rushed for more than 63 yards against a commanders team that are ninth against the run. And we spoke time and time again about how the Giants were so effective earlier in the season, which essentially was to have Barkley do his thing, complementary football with Daniel Jones also rushing the ball and then wide receivers getting in the position to uh, take the receptions and keep the drives moving. The defence at the start of the season was playing really well. The secondary has been banged up in injuries. I mean, Dory Jackson is the number one corner. He's out. The number one safety and McKinney's out. There's so many players missing on defence. It's it's kind of been reflective of how poorly they played over the past few weeks. And you'd imagine Scott Turner, the commander's offence coordinator, will look to run the ball with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson because right now the Giants' defence in terms of the run defence has been very poor over the past four weeks as well. I mean, this all points to a commander's victory. They're coming off the bye week. They played the Giants two weeks ago and here they are playing the Giants again. Again, we're talking about scheduling quirks earlier on in the, you know, in the show. This is another one. Um, Brian David over the over this week has been got a lot of negative press and uh, bearing in mind how good his opening season has been as head coach and you know all the kudos he's been getting. This is the first time in which the narrative has changed. He's been continuously talked of in negative manners and reports around how he was ill-prepared last weekend to coach against the Eagles and how the team were reflective of that. The team didn't play as if they were prepared, which I thought was a bit disingenuous, bearing in mind who they're playing. Probably arguably the best team in the NFC, if not the, in, if not the season as a whole. And it doesn't make sense. It should be the commanders. And I'm, I'm, I'm not coming yet. I actually have a feeling for this game. I genuinely think the Giants are going to win this. Daniel Jones has played his best game of his career in FedEx Field for some reason. Over his over the four years, his games, his numbers have been off the charts when he goes and, and plays plays in there. If it wasn't for the exception of a last-second field goal last year in which the Giants jumped offside, they should have won that game. He'd be unbeaten there. He just, for some reason, he finds a way. It's his first time ever playing on Sunday Night Football. I'm going with the Giants to cause the upset. And if they do win, their playoff position goes up 89%. So that's a strong number. So... It effectively is a, is it's a bit of a playoff feel about it. It's a big game, and um, I'm probably I'm going with over my head, but I think the Giants find a way to win on Sunday. Yeah, this is what being a, a fan is all about. Sometimes is going uh, with your your heart rather uh, than than your head. I, I do think criticism of Dable is silly. Um, I, I think it's probably because he got off to such a good start, and maybe almost too good a start. But they ran, they ran into a juggernaut uh, against Philly. I've given the stats earlier in the show about Philly's defense. You know, I mean, Philly's offense is is phenomenal as well, and they they attack you from all angles. And yeah, the the, the Giants are are also dealing with injuries. Um, and I, I, I mean, I think ultimately the the question for the Giants is. Uh, and I suppose, Brian, I'm interested in, in, in your uh, take at this point of the season. Is Daniel Jones the quarterback of the New York football giants to begin uh, the season in September 2023? I had a 
similar conversation with, with two Giants fans this week, and everybody has the same feel. This is the game. Like this is a make or break game. This is arguably the biggest game the Giants have had in ten years. Touchdowns, that's there. If they were to win this game, bearing in mind the way that the season could play out for other teams and the permutations, the likelihood is they will make the playoffs. But he's got to perform on Sunday. This is like he's never won in a prime time game. I know it's his first Sunday night game, but he's never won on a Thursday. He's never won on a Monday. He needs to right the wrongs of that as well and get over the line. But this is a pressure cooker game. This is, I reflect on what Joe Shane said in the bye week when he was kind of doing the mid season review and they asked the question is, you know, is Daniel Jones scoring next year? And he said, we've got seven games to assess. And uh, after seven games, we'll make that decision. And this is now down to. Or shoehorn her into four games because they've been so poor over the last four games. But this is the type of game he has to go and win. He's got to prove himself in, in the big games with the big opportunities with a playoff position on the line to go and win this game. Is he the quarterback next season? Right now, I would say no. I never would have thought I would have said that. Having left the game in London and the following week when they beat the Ravens and when they went in and beat Jacksonville. But something in the back of my head is saying no because when it was the bye week, the Giants reached out to two players to, to look at contract negotiations. And one of them was Julian Love, who's had a fantastic season and has been playing really well despite the poor years. And the other one was obviously Saquon Barkley. I thought that was very reflective of the fact that they didn't reach out to Daniel Jones' people. That, to me, meant they're still not convinced and they're going to see how the, the remainder of the season. It's like I saw a great message today. What you've learned about Daniel Jones this year is that you've learned you still don't know. Because <laughs> you still don't know. Um, Maybe we'll know more on Monday if they go out and win this game. And maybe we'll know more if they finally get back on winning uh, on the winning track and get themselves into the playoffs. But right now I have a niggling feeling that he won't be there next year. If you don't know after four and a half years, I think you probably have your answer. Um, yeah. I, I, if you I, don't know, you'll never know, I think someone said I, I think, you know, um, it, it can take time. And, and, and like the Trevor Lawrence situation, you know, sometimes you have to, to rough it out for a year before you really know. But uh, ultimately, you know, at the end of year two, uh, you generally have a good idea. And I know a lot of people will talk about Josh Allen, uh, but ultimately Josh Allen led that Bills team to the playoffs in year two. So to me, that that is kind, kind of... Yeah, it can happen, obviously, and, and we've seen um, with what's happened with Gino uh, and what happened with Ryan Tannehill, but those are the exceptions rather than, than the rule. I, ju I just think that the, the Giants, I think this will be a really close game, but I almost feel like the Giants' like season almost hinged on that last Commanders game because they, they, they should have put it to bed. And had they gone on to win that, I think the momentum possibly could have carried them. But ultimately, not getting over the line in that one, coupled with the the injuries, coupled with an already kind of depleted squad. I mean, look, the Kenny Kenny Galladay stuff is just a, a nightmare and a legacy from from the last GM. But it means that the the roster isn't where they want it to be, uh, and I think that uh, Ron Rivera probably has a bit more to to play with. Uh, though I, I think that both of these teams, I, in my opinion, would both be looking for a quarterback in, in the offseason. Um, I, I don't think Taylor Heineke is probably the, the long-term answer. Um, but maybe Ron Rivera will think because of the way he manages to get wins, he will be. I think that uh, the, the commanders will 
get get the win on Sunday, but I expect it to be a real, real kind of ding-dong, proper divisional matchup. Um, and, yeah, it makes sense why the NFL moved it in to the Sunday night slot. So, yeah, ultimately, the Giants come up just short for me. Yeah, Mark is on the same uh, beat as yourself. He, he's also selected the commanders. Um, we won't take too much more time in the quarterback situation. What I would say is, if you look at the quarterback availability come the offseason, whether it's your free agency, you know, where do you go? Because um, the difficulty is, and we've always discussed it, when you win games and you find yourself in the middle of the pack come April in the draft, you, you, unless you're giving up a boatload of picks, you're not in a position to get one of the new quarterbacks coming out. So they might have to bring him back for another year, maybe franchise tag and pay him whatever, 23 million or something along those lines. Be interesting to see. I think this Sunday generally is, is going to be telling because you're talking about momentum there, you know, what they should have got two weeks ago. Maybe they can recapture that momentum if they were to win this game because they still have to play the Colts, potentially an Eagles team in the last weekend of the season that um, may be resting up. But right now, bearing in mind the permutations, they're suggesting that whoever wins this game on Sunday will only need one more win to make sure they're in the playoffs. So it's a significant game for both teams. And like any, any, any NFC East game, I can see it coming down to the fourth quarter. And uh, one team will find a way to get over the line this time, as opposed to two weeks ago when it ended in a tie. But look, that's that's uh, that's the full slate of games covered. We there is a Monday night game which we'll we'll capture on our show on Monday night, which really doesn't have a lot of significance. I don't think it's the Rams travelling into Lambeau to play the Packers, but we will cover it on Monday night as part of our review show, which I believe will be at nine o'clock on Monday. Um, Colin with Calla and hopefully Mark back. And the fourth set in terms of the four was discussing an action-packed games. I mean, as we said at the start of the show, this is the first weekend since early on in the season where every team is playing this weekend. So we really are getting to the, the business end of the season. There's a big game this evening, as we touched on, Seattle hosting San Francisco. That, uh, that coverage and that uh, review of that, sorry, that preview of that game is available by podcast. Myself and Mark went through it today and made our picks. Um, it won't come as a surprise to say that we've all picked the same team in that game. And then um, we had a little bit more content throughout, throughout the course of the weekend across Twitter, Instagram, and uh, just keep an eye out for some bits and pieces that may be going out in terms of content. But for now, Colin, as always, I thank you for your time. I look forward to going through these games with you on Monday evening. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks as well to everyone who has interacted with us, all the comments uh, that uh, took place in uh, the, the chat and uh, for the questions as well. Always enjoy interacting with the community. Uh, so do uh, come back on Monday when we are live. Get your questions and, and comments in. Uh, Brian might be jumping for joy or might um, be uh, drowning his sorrows, uh, but do uh, we we do appreciate the the comments absolutely and yeah looking forward to um, to 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 that there is uh, one comment here from from Stephen Me uh, who says uh, the conundrum with Jones is says who are you going to re replace him with. Would you take Derek Carr over Daniel Jones? Uh, I wouldn't, but I could see a scenario where the Giants um, would make a move from. I mean, his brother played for the Giants, albeit he was the backup to Eli Manning in the Super Bowl year, so he has familiarities in terms of a family member being there. And there was also, um, had a conversation with Stephen O'Rourke recently, who was on doing our Pedican podcast, Big Raiders fan, and he feels that Derek Carr will be the fall guy for a disappointing season. 
and the contract is structured in the way that they could trade him this off season. So he's an interesting name. The Baker Mayfield thing, I mean, that's, I mean, if the Giants wanted Baker Mayfield, they would have got him last off season when he was available because the new GM and the new head coach had no choice to Daniel Jones at the time. And uh, they could have easily decided that Baker Mayfield was the answer, I think. Baker Mayfield will inevitably find himself staying in LA probably as the backup to Matthew Stafford. That's not one for me. Derek Carr, I like Derek Carr. I call him knows that, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to Derek Carr potentially being the quarterback next season. But again, we'll see what the uh, what the markup is. What will the Raiders want in return? That will be an interesting conversation come the off season. But look, let's let's focus on Sunday. Hopefully, Daniel Jones does does do the the business come Sunday night. I, I do I do think, yeah, Stephen O'Rourke might have a point. As I said, I don't think they will want to move on from the head coach. So it could be that Derek Carr is, is the fall guy. And for anyone watching or listening, if Baker Mayfield signs for the Giants, uh, Brian's reaction will be absolute gold. You That is one that you won't, you won't want to miss. Every week should will be fantastic if that were to happen. Yeah, I've voiced my feelings on Baker Mayfield for about a year and a half now. So let's not let's not even get into that because the, the fear will kick in very quickly. No, Joe Flacco will not be the Giants quarterback. Okay, we need to kill this conversation. Let's get Daniel Jones playing on Sunday and we'll move on. Um, we'll wrap up. So Monday night, please God, we are here with a Giants victory as opposed to a Commanders victory. But whatever the result is, there's going to be a huge amount to get through because there really is some interesting games. Bengals, Bucks, Jets, Lions... There's some really good games. Obviously, we've got three games on Saturday with playoff scenarios involved there with the Bills and the Dolphins, and obviously then as well with the Ravens playing, the Vikings, some huge games for all, all fans of the NFL this weekend. So enjoy it all and enjoy the games, and hopefully we'll have some more leading into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day games with huge playoff possibilities for all teams. Okie doke. We'll leave Thank it there, you. so.